This morning, that's the first time I've ever heard that song, but I certainly do love the words. His voice makes the difference, and uh, glad to be in the house of the Lord again this morning. Why don't we bow our heads for a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, Lord, truly, that is our very testimony this morning, Lord, that in the troubled storms of life, Lord, regardless of how hard the winds blow, regardless of how cold the nights get, Lord, regardless of our situation, it's always your voice that makes a difference. And we come this morning, Father, with hearts, Lord, that are anxious to hear from you, Lord. You've seen the hands lifted up, Lord. You heard the testimonies as they sung. Lord, we have only one desire, that you would speak this morning, not, not the lips of a man or not the voice of a man, but the very voice of Almighty God that makes the difference in our lives. And I ask this morning, Father, that you would give me direction, Lord. Lord, I might have my notes laid out, but you know what avenue the people are, are living on, Lord. You know where they're, where they're dwelling at this time, Father. And Lord, if you should just happen to, maybe there's somebody who had to camp in a dark alley somewhere. Maybe they've been stuck there this morning. Lord, by your spirit, I pray, Father, that you would lead us whether it's down the avenues or the alleys, Lord, wherever your children are at, Father, direct us, direct your servant that direction, Father. And Lord, may I be just submitted enough to hear your voice. Father, we love you this morning. Thank you for this precious opportunity. Thank you for every precious soul that's, that's here, Lord, those that are online this morning. We know thou art not a God of walls and barriers. Go right down into their homes where they're at, Lord. Bless them right there. Lord, may they take these moments seriously while we have the opportunity. We ask these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen and amen. God bless you. You can have your seats this morning. Thank you to the musicians and, and the song leader. Thank you. Appreciate it so much. What a, what a precious opportunity we have this morning. I, uh, I said I was happy when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. <clears throat> you know, we're... Uh, now I'm going to ask um, I'm going to ask Brother Tito, can you go grab me my glasses off the desk over there? Oh man, it's a terrible thing. Now, Sister Hannah, don't you be laughing at me? <clears throat> yeah, I know, Brother Ed. I the other week I'd forgot him in the 
in the office at home, and one of the sisters said, well, you could just use mine. I tried using them, and man, it was as bad as having none at all. And, and uh, oh, my goodness, Lord, I am looking for a city. I'm looking for a body change so I can enjoy that city. I'll tell you what, there won't be no, uh, I won't have to put on my glasses. I won't have to worry about uh, uh, what I'm not seeing. I- I'm just getting the taste. Thank you, buddy. I'm just getting the taste of what it's like to start getting old. And, uh, you know, we don't think we're old until. You know, we don't think we're old until we get out of bed in the morning. And we don't think we're old until we're out of breath. And we don't think we're old until every muscle in our body aches and and we haven't hardly done nothing. And, you know, here's the, here's the, I hate to, now you that are my age and older, you forgive me for this, but you'll have to at least agree with me on it. You know, sometimes we, uh, uh, we like to think in our mind that we're just as young as the, the person beside us and we're, that we're just, we've got it and we, and there's just give it just a little bit of time and the reality of it really shows up quick. No, you know what? No, I don't keep up anymore. I, I, I'm done. I got to set a different pace and, uh, and, uh, but, but you know, isn't the Lord good? Amen. In all of these things, he, he allows, I just believe he allows this little circle of life that we're in. And, and you know how we, we get to enjoy youth. And, and I think it's a good thing. Enjoy your youth. Let me say that to you young men, you young women. Enjoy your youth. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, God's given it to you. Enjoy. Just don't forget there's one watching. Just don't forget there's one watching. There's one that's going to keep you accountable. And, and some of the seeds you sow now, you're going to, you, you might not think so, but you're going to reap what you've sown. I don't say that it's not salvation isn't still intended for you, but, but some of the seeds you sow, you're going to reap. So sow righteous seeds, sow godly seeds. And, you know, I, I'd say this if I can, I encourage you, uh, not just take time to, for the Lord, not just make time for the Lord. But absolutely make him the love of your life. Make him the very focal point. Everything you look at, everything you see. May, uh, can I say it this way? Let's get our heart is so full till it's running over, you know. Not like that old salt that was by the sea, you know. One man was coming and he, was, he could hardly wait to see the sea and the rejoicing of the water and smell the salt. And, and, and you know, Brother Brown tells a story and he meets that old salt. That man that's been there, that's done that, that's, that's all his life has been, and he, and he hardly remembers the former things. That's how we get, come on, that's how we get in life. And if we're not careful, we, we go to robbing the younger ones of the joy of, of, of the very thing that they're looking forward to. And anyhow, the man was so excited, and, and he said to him, he said, oh, I can't hardly wait. And the old fellow said, yeah, well, been there. That might be so in life, Brother Ed, by the way. Where's your wife? What did you do to that guy? My goodness. I, I mean, I've, I, I, it's been a long time since I've been here, and I thought maybe he had a full beard or something last time and just shaved. But when he put his suit on this morning, I was, oh, my goodness. I don't know what you're doing to him, but if it means a lot of work, I'm going to just go back to Saskatchewan. <laughs> now, Brother Harold, you taught me that, by the way. <laughs> you might not remember this, but... But, but I remember Brother Nunweiler's funeral. I'll never forget this. We were sitting. Now, I was just a, a young man then. And uh, we were all sitting around the table and after the funeral. And we were enjoying some fellowship. And Brother Harold comes up. Brother Dwayne, what have you been up to? And I said, oh, just working. You know, I still had the farm and all those good things. And just working away. And, and uh, he looks right at me and goes, I hate work. <laughs> 
I'll never, I'll never forget it, Brother Harold. I said, oh, man, and I love it. And I, I was hoping they would have some when we get to the other side still. But I'll tell you what, I'm starting to see it your way more all the time. I, I truly am. And uh, I was telling them this morning, um, I, uh, I, uh, this is one morning that I'm, I'm kind of glad my wife is in isolation. Because his wife set a really high bar for you brothers tonight with that tie that he's wearing. Even John doesn't compare with that one. You know, I had to borrow one of John's ties last time I was here, but he doesn't compare with the one that Brother Harold's wife's got him in this morning. And, and, but I, I say this, brother, God bless you. God bless you. That's, it, each one of us could, could use one like that. I, I think what it represents, and I, yeah, I'm certainly not making fun of the man. I'm, you know, I'm just teasing you. You got it coming to you. And, uh, but I, I'd say, Brother Ed, you said, it about, you said it about right. Love will do strange things. I tell you what, it, it, wasn't it Solomon that said that there's one of those things that was so strange, and that was a, 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 a man with a maiden, and boy, I tell you what, you, you, you might think when you're first, you know, when that arrow of love first strikes that it really turns you head over heels, but you just give it uh, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, I'll tell you what, it, it goes so much deeper, and I think isn't that how it is in our spiritual walk this morning? In a spiritual walk this morning, you know, I, I, I just be, I'm having a hard time getting into my thought this morning. You forgive me for it, but I was just thinking, uh, I was just thinking, you know, uh, when you first fall in love with Christ and the whole world looks so beautiful, it looks so different, it looks so, and, but as we walk, if we don't keep, if we don't keep nurturing that love, if we don't keep, uh, you know, you know, he pours out his love to you, but do we pour out our love to him? And, and if we don't keep nurturing that, and you know, he, he may ask us to do some strange things. But love will compel us to do those things. Love will compel us to do those things. And, and I, I just think, oh, the love of God, how rich, how pure, how pure. Brother Harold, let me just stop for a minute. You maybe thought I was teasing about the tie and stuff, but it goes so much deeper. It goes so much deeper on that white shirt is a red streak. And on that white, righteous God became a blood-red streak that you and I can walk in today. It's more than just a tie with love hearts. It's a tie that will bind us from here to eternity. Oh, love of God, how rich, how pure. So grateful to be here this morning and... Uh, Thank you for the invitation, you brothers, and always an honor. Let me greet you from home, the saints at home, and, and uh, uh, Brother Menno. They're all doing well, by God's grace. We're in the same pandemic that you're in, and, and, uh, and, and we're, we're still fighting all the same battles you're fighting. And, and so let me, let me encourage you. You've you got a whole lot more people in your congregation right now than what we have at home, and, and uh, you can be happy for that. You know, that we, there's things that we can look to that are good, and we, we appreciate that in the middle of it all. And, and uh, we realize this one thing, that God is not stuck here. And uh, I was just encouraging the saints at home. You know, it, it, it's different, and, and, and I don't know. I'd say all of you are probably like us. We have to go through our rotation at home, and sometimes you get to come to church, and sometimes you don't, and sometimes it gets to be a long time in between, and... And, but nevertheless, our hearts are burning to be there. And uh, 
But I, I found something that was a battle that I was fighting that was something I've never fought before because I've always been in church. You know, I, I got to being like everybody else. I'd take my turn and stay at home and and I realize that maybe you're online and you're listening this morning, and I want to encourage you this way. If you're, out, if, you're, if you're sitting at home this morning, you daddies, you heads of the home, listen, do not let, can I say this again? Do not let these times that you have to sit in front of your screen at home, do not let it become common. Do not let it become entertainment to you. Look, look at the way Satan has got us programmed. He has... For the last 15, 20 years here, he's placed a little device in our hands, and everything we do is like this. Then you go home, and you sit in front of a computer and this, and then you want to watch something, or you need to entertain, and you watch it on your computer. And now Satan has taken that whole thing and twisted it and set you down in front of that same device. Be careful it doesn't become entertainment. Don't allow him to just, don't allow it to just to be entertainment this morning. Daddy's... I'm just being honest. I'm I'm fighting the same battles everybody's fighting. It's so easy just to go and plunk yourself down and push play. Wait for the service to come. But too many times, you don't take time to pray like you would have when you come to church. Matters of fact, there's a lot of people that just take it and they put their cup of coffee down and put their feet up just like they would do if they watched a movie or something that they were interested in if they're visiting with somebody listen don't don't do that if you wouldn't do it at church then don't do it there take the time to be holy consecrate that time daddy you take your your family and i i said this to the church at home and sister hannah you girls you you remember this i said listen don't just when the when the preacher says stand or the song leader says stand stand with them you're in church don't just sit there and wait for it to, 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 to finish the service, but enter in. Stand with him. If, if, he, if he says, stand and open the Bible and, and let's read, then do that. Look, and we're fighting spiritual wickedness, spiritual darkness. And if he can get you complacent to staying at home, it's so comfortable to be at home. Pretty soon... The very desire to go is going to leave your heart. If you don't cultivate that love, and if you don't take that time to be honored and to respect the Lord like you normally would, pretty soon you won't even want to go. You just sit home and stream the very thing that Satan would like you to do. When the scripture says, gather yourselves together, the more so. My, oh my, I'm way off where I'm supposed to be this morning. Let's stand together and let's uh, um, turn to Matthew, the second chapter, and I'll tell you, I was, I, brother, brother Ed said to me, he said, Brother Dwayne, how was your day yesterday? And I, I'll just be honest. I, I was struggling. Lord, what is it that you have? What, what direction do I need to be going? And, I, you know, you've been waiting on the Lord, and, you, and some of you ministers know this, and you, you just get up against a wall, and you're thinking, Lord, I just need to hear your voice. I, I just need to know. And, and um, in the evening, I, I, I started looking at this again, and... and uh, I'll tell you what, it sounds like a little bit of a Christmas message, but that's not at all what's in my heart. And uh, I was perplexed by it. I mean, the enemy was troubling me with it. And, and at 11 o'clock last night, a sister that I hardly ever hear from, not from our congregation, not from your congregation, texts me a quote. 
that absolutely, totally coincided with what my thoughts were this morning. And her next verse, her next little message was, Brother Dwayne, I have no idea why I texted this to you. I hope, you, I hope it doesn't, uh, and I just put underneath, I understand, I know. What was it? It was confirmation for me. And uh, Matthew chapter 2, starting at verse 1, it says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that's born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And when they had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, For it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not thou least among the princes of Judah? For, thou, for out of thee shall, a gov- shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel." And then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go, search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. And when they had heard the king, they departed and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Isn't that precious? And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Let's bow our heads. Father, one more time, Lord, we come to you and just ask your mercies again this morning. Take the vessel, Father. Take the ears that hear, Lord, the voice that speaks. May all together you be glorified. We ask in Jesus Christ's name, amen. God bless you. You can have your seats. It's interesting, uh, you, you know, we, we, we take and we get to looking at the scriptures and we realize that, that we have a great need of revelation. We realize that this are, these are the same scriptures that can be read uh, uh, by hundreds of thousands, millions, I would say, probably of churches around the world and, and so-called Christians around the world. And, and, and they find that there's a season for them, so they'll read them around Christmas, and, and somehow they pull their inspiration from them regarding these things. But, but because that revelation has been opened to us, because that we've heard a different voice, because that we're not just caught in, uh, in an earthly realm, so to speak, but we've been caught up into heavenly places in Christ, we begin to look at these scriptures and we begin to see things different. We realize that this is uh, that, that 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 although it's written in one way, it's not certainly just just meant for that way. But but there's a revelation that comes with it. There's an understanding that comes with it, and we want to be found uh, in that channel this morning where we can hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And if God will just help us, we re- well, if we just back up to get a little background, we realize that, that the scripture is written that there was, that the wise men came from the east. And I just want to background my thought this morning and, and I think how God does things. Remember, there was not just another son was born, not just another man was born, not just a good man was born, but literally the king of glory was being born and he was being born in a place that, that all men should have known 
knowing where he would be born. All men should have been under expectation. All men should have been looking for him. And yet God in his own sovereign way, in his own sovereign divine plan, comes and he takes people from the far east. I'm talking Medes and Persians. I'm talking, I'm talking Muslim people. Oh, we don't think of it like that. We just read they came from the east. But listen, he took Gentiles. He didn't take the Jews. He didn't take the people that should have, uh, should have recognized that, that, that the Christ child was being born. But he literally goes to the Gentiles. And there's these men that are, uh, we would call them astronomers. These, the, uh, and and can, can I say it this way? Because astronomers, if you say it like that, you get to thinking that anybody is an astronomer. But I want us to put this in a different light. The Bible says they were wise men. They were wise men. They weren't just ordinary men. They were wise men. Brother Branham says so much so that, that their very hearts were yearning. Their very hearts were pure. They, they actually desired to see God. They, they had a yearning, but they didn't know how to reach him. They didn't, you know, they, 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 they believed it was Allah, and, and, and they would worship that way, but, but their heart was pure. And Brother Brown was asked a question one time. He said, Brother Brown, do you really believe that, that God could speak to those men? And he brings them back to the scripture. And he says, in, in, in times past, in diverse manners, in many ways, God spoke to his children. And I, and I just believe this morning, isn't it? It's no coincidence that it was a Gentile's. That it was men that actually believed in many gods, and yet their studies had had, had, had had them watching the stars and knowing that God existed somewheres, knowing that God was ruling from somewheres. They knew that he was out there somewheres, and, and they watched every body, every, every star, everything. They understood its position. I think this is key this morning. They understood its position. Brother Brown makes a statement, he says, and, and one night when they were busy studying and they were busy worshiping, and all of a sudden, one star stepped out of its position. Well, you understand that, Brother Brown says, if, 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 one, uh, if one of those stars would ever move, or if, if one of those planets would ever move, it would throw everything out of cater. Even so much so that when the, the, the sun and the moon, listen, when the moon itself, look at the power of the moon. When the moon begins to rise and the waters of the earth begin to go forward. And when it descends, the waters of the earth begin to go back. Look at the power that God has placed just in his universe. Brother Ram makes a statement. He says, as they watch, he says, all of a sudden they realize that one great star had stepped out of its position and moved over and it, that star was there, and it seemed to be bidding them. Oh, I hope we can catch it this morning, church. I hope we can catch it this morning. They were Gentiles under absolutely. Uh, you think, well, Brother Dwayne, how, how would they even understand? How would they know? But do you realize it was those same Medes and Persians that were there in the days of Daniel in Babylon? Look at the writings gone forward, gone forward. The Medes and Persians were there when the right handwriting was on the wall. And no man could, no man could interpret the writing. They brought in all the soothsayers, all the astrologers, all the magis, every wise man that he could find. And nobody could interpret the writing on the wall. And finally somebody said, but there is a man in the kingdom. There is a man in the kingdom, and they brought forth Daniel, and Daniel began to interpret. And then from that time, Daniel became so great in their eyes. 
And they begin to read his writings and they begin to, to, to go back in the very scriptures, the books that Daniel would, would speak from and would talk about. They would go back and they would study them. These were studied men. They were learned men. Listen, they're not just floundering through life. They were learned men. I think, why would God choose Gentiles? Why would he, why would he have the scripture written that, that, why wouldn't it just have gone straight to his own people? But God had a deeper plan. He had a greater plan in his mind. Oh, I so appreciate how God does things. Listen, we realized this morning that that star that they looked at was unusual. It wasn't normal for it to step out of its position. And when it did, they begin to consult amongst themselves. And, and they begin to wonder about it. What's going on? There, there, there's something that's going to transpire because the heavenly body remains. Nothing moves. It's, it's the way God placed it. And unless God's going to do something, nothing transpires. All of a sudden, a star steps out of the position it was in to a new position. And they begin to search the scriptures. Listen, they understand that God is light. Look at in the beginning. I want to just speak on light this morning. In the beginning. In the beginning when there was just darkness, utter darkness. There was, there was nothing, no one, no one. We understand we've heard a prophet of God take us back way beyond before it was written when it was said, let there be light. But there was a time when God just dwelt and it was just utter darkness. And the very first thing in order for God to express himself, what transpired? God showed himself. And Brother Brown said, if you could have seen it visible, it would have looked like a little white light, a little white halo, a pillar of fire. The very theophany of God. It was the visible part of God. And from there it was spoke, let there be light. Amen. Oh, how we look at that in, in the respect when we read the scriptures, let there be light. And we think, well, then all of a sudden the sun came up and then, and then the moon came up. But that's not what God was saying. He was saying, let what my thoughts are become revealed. Let my very thoughts that I've had, let this great plan that I've had in my mind, let it be revealed, let it be expressed, let it be known. And then God created the heavens and the earth and the sun and the moon and the stars. And they all had their earthly place. They all had their, their, their position for what was going to transpire. But God was saying, let there be a revealing of my thoughts. Let there be an unveiling of my thoughts. Let there be a manifestation of my very being, of my very thoughts. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful this morning. Praise the Lord. You know, we, we, we look at the, the world we're in and we know light and, you know, we got these little lights on the wall and, and, and they're all fine. We appreciate them and, and then we, you know, you walk out and you've got the, the sunlight out there and, and, and how, many ever, how many times do you ever notice, you know, you, you, you live in the city here and it's a little bit different for you than it is for me, but, but you realize that, that during the night at the break of day, I mean, every street light is on, everything, the whole city, I could see from my motel, all the lights that were lit up. But do you notice any of them right now? I mean, those street lights could be on, but you wouldn't pay no mind to them at all. Why? Because a greater light is shining. Because a greater light is shining. 
And we look and we, you know, we, this is the world, the way we understand it and the way we know it. But, but do you realize that even that light, the sun, the S-U-N light, do you realize we're going to a place where even that light becomes no longer? Becomes no longer. Revelation 22, 5, and there shall be no night there, and they, shall, and, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun. Revelation 21 says, And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it. So we see that there's, that there's, there's light, but is that what God was talking about when he said, let there be light? First off, right in the scripture, let there be light. Is that what God was talking about? Because those lights are going to be removed. That's not what God's talking about. For when Paul was on the road to Damascus, listen, here's a man riding in the middle of the day, Brother Ed, with a mission on his mind. He had something that had to be urgent, something taken care of. And the Bible says, and a light struck him. And so great was the light that it put out his eyes. It literally blinded him. So tell me, if the sun is so great, how much greater does a light need to be to blind you in the middle of the day? In the middle of the day. So we realize that let there be light. That wasn't necessarily just talking about the natural lights that we have here. But God had something so much greater in his mind. So much, with so much more purpose in his mind. That literally when he came down to Saul and, 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 and he smote him and, and he fell off of his horse that he's riding on. His, literally his eyes were blinded to everything of this world. Oh, that's the kind of light that I want to shine in my eyes till I become so blinded to the things of the world so they become so uh, a void and so far beyond me that, that I can only see one thing. The Bible says he could see Jesus only. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we realize the light is going to, that these lights are going to pass away. The scripture says that God is light. We're not talking about the S-U-N light, but the scripture says God is light. 1 Timothy 6.16, and he alone possesses immortality and dwells in an unapproachable light whom no man can see uh, or uh, has seen or can see. 1 John 5.1.5 says this, this is the message you heard from him and announced to you that God, I want you to notice, I'll tell you what. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. That very same God that said, let there be, that dwelt when it was complete darkness, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. All right? We're speaking on light. St. John 1 says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Oh, I wish we could just catch a little glimpse of this this morning. The Word was God. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was God. And it was that Word that expressed Himself and became light. It says, All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And in Him... Was what? 
was life. And the life was the light of man. So we get a little different picture of light. Listen, church, we got a different picture of light this morning. And the life of Christ, the life of God, was the light of man. That's what shines forth. That's what gets attention. That's what, uh, that's what people's eyes perceive. That's what they pick up on. What? The life of God. Not just a spirit that's hovering out there in darkness, but when he, when he begin to express himself, that you could see him, that I could see him. The life was the light of man, and the light shineth in darkness. And darkness doesn't, comprehends it not. The light shineth in darkness, and darkness comprehends it not. Don't you think it's strange this morning, church, that that same God would take on a body of flesh and would stand there and make himself known to the people, and they wouldn't receive him? They wouldn't acknowledge that that was the very God of creation that stepped down into flesh? Isn't it strange that their eyes were withholding, that they, their eyes were darkened to him, that they would call him Beelzebub and, and call him an imposter and a fake and, and call all sorts of names. Isn't it strange? But the scripture is, lit, is written this way that, that darkness does not comprehend it. And that very same God has taken on another body form and that light is still shining here this morning in Edmonton. It's shining bright. It's walking down the streets. The life of God is manifesting itself and it's expressing itself and yet the world does not see it. Don't think it's strange, church. You are the light of the world. Your very being, your very presence as you walk up and down the streets, as you go into work, your very presence is the very presence of, of God Almighty Himself. And yet darkness comprehends it not. They don't understand it. They think you're crazy. They think you're, that you've lost your mind. And it's true, we have. We, we've lost our mind, but we put on the mind of Christ. Ye are the light of the world. He doesn't say it's the sun that's the light of the world. He doesn't say it's the moon. But he said, ye are the light of the world. Hallelujah. Oh my, let's go on. I might get ahead of myself here this morning. It says, there was a man that was sent from God whose name was John. The same came to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which, er, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Church, do, you re, do we realize this morning the grace that God has shown to us? Do we realize what God is doing? I want to say this. He's doing in such a humble, uh, quiet uh, way that it's not shaking the world this morning. But the, but the sons of God are being manifested day by day. They're growing into the very image of Christ. And all around them, your friends don't recognize it. Your family doesn't recognize it. You're the, the, the people you work with, don't. you're just another person, just a little odd. You know what they don't realize is that God has come. God has stepped in into flesh. God is walking. God is talking. Ye are the light of the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says he came to his own and his own received him not, but as many as received him gave he the power to become the sons of God. 
That's why we're here this morning, because something in our hearts, something has pulsated, something has, something has drawn us, something that you don't have. You never had nothing to do with the something this morning, church. It's that someone put that something in you that would draw you back unto himself. What is it? It's the light of the world, and the darkness comprehends it not. Listen, sometimes in our own being, we don't even understand what God is doing. All we know is that we're growing still one step on another step, and grace upon grace line upon line here a little there a little growing in the revelation of God we're not what we were we're something different today hallelujah the light is shining church we're living in a gross world a world that is full of gross darkness but there is a light that's shining this morning hallelujah what an hour you know those wise men were looking they, there was something inside of them. They were under an expectation. Why were they under expectation? Because they had found something in the written word of God. And they knew that what Daniel the prophet told them had to come to pass. Hallelujah. They were so confident in the word of God that they were under an expectation to find what they were looking for. Listen to what the scripture says. They were looking for the manifestation they were looking for the man. Oh, may I stop here a moment? They were looking for the manifestation of the written word, church. What do you think the earth is crying for? What do you think it's groaning for this morning? It's looking for the manifestation of a word that's been written that has come alive and become flesh again. They were looking for Isaiah's prophecy that said, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. Hallelujah. My, oh, that we, church, that we would have such spiritual eyesight this morning that we could recognize when the stars begin to move, when the heavenly bodies begin to move. We get so earthbound sometimes that we don't recognize what the Spirit of God is doing right before us, right in our time, right in our day. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. My, oh, my. They were reminded, can I, can I just drop this in here this morning? They were reminded of a prophecy that you and I might think crazy. You and I might think crazy. But they were reminded of a prophecy that said there's, that, uh, uh, found in, the, in Numbers chapter 24. Numbers chapter 24 starting at verse 17. And it says, I shall see him, but not now. And I shall behold him. But not nigh. Just let me drop this in here for a minute. I don't think many of us understand who's prophesying right now. I don't think many of us realize whose lips God is using right now. This is the same man that went to curse Israel. This is the fourth time Balak sends Balaam to go and curse Israel. And when he goes, the Spirit of God comes upon him. Instead of cursing him, the Spirit of God begins to give utterance. I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not thy, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob. Here's these same Medes and Persians, these same wise men that have read this prophecy. Now they see a star moving, and this scripture is re they're reminded of the very scripture that Balaam prophesied. False prophet? Yes, sir. Real prophecy? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So much so written right in the word of God. The very words that God uttered from his mouth must be fulfilled. It says, 
Listen, but not now. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab, shall destroy all the children of Sheth, uh, of Sheth and Edom shall be a possession. Sire also shall be a possession for his enemies, and Israel shall do valiantly. Hallelujah. Out of Jacob shall come he that shall have dominion, and, how, and shall destroy him that remaineth of the city. Praise the Lord. They knew there was a king coming. They understood there was a king coming. Those wise men had, I want to say this, had more revelation. EMT stands for Edmonton Living Word. Sorry, I might not have got it right. End time message tabernacle. Let me get that right. Thank you. End time message, arise and shine, church. Arise and shine. Those wise men, those heathens, those, those men were so had their, had their eyesight so set on the word of God that they recognized when the bodies begin to move, when things begin to transpire, when dispensations begin to change. And we sit here this morning sometimes and we're ignorant of what God is doing. I don't say that you. I'm talking about world general right now. They're ignorant of what God is doing. You've been, treat, you've been preached the truth. The light has shone and we're walking in it. Listen, they were looking. They were looking at the scriptures and they understood the time they were living in. Why? How did they understand? Because a star began to move. And oh, I wonder if it doesn't take us back about 100 years ago right now. Somewhere in this era, 100, maybe a little bit better. When I, I, I'm just reminded of a story where Brother Branham is, you know, he's just a young man, not even called to the ministry yet, and, he, and he's getting, walking down the road, getting on a little bus or whatever, and a woman looks at him and says, do you know that there's a star following you? Do you know you were born under a certain sign? And it so scared him, he didn't want nothing to do with it. What happened? God took one of those heavenly bodies and moved it. And some heathen, some Gentile, some woman that didn't know anything about, about Scripture recognized that God was going to do something. That God was going to do something. Listen, if we were to go on and follow Follow the story a little bit. You can go back and read it when you get home tonight. But, but as the Bible says that those wise men followed that store all the way to where? Jerusalem. They followed the starlight. Well, haven't we seen one of the stars that was held, one of the seven stars that was held in his hand? Us as Gentiles, haven't we seen the starlight? Listen, these men followed it from the east. We have seen his star in the east. And they begin by faith following it, looking for a manifestation of the word of God. They were looking for a manifestation of the Word of God. And that we don't know what their travels were, their travels took them. It might have took them through, through perilous times. It might have took them through dark places. It might have, it might have took them through, you know, where, where there's lions, where there's robbers, where, where there's everything to try and dissuade them from following the light. Just like you and I, when we seen the star rise, something in our heart, something in our heart looked up and we said, that's it. That's it. You might have went from you might have went from nowheres, and, and a lot of you are just born in message homes. But listen, some of you might have went from nowheres. You might have went from Catholic to Baptist to Pentecostals. Follow the star this way and that way, leading you, still proceeding, still proceeding. Then they got to that one spot where they thought, surely these people are going to know what that star is all about, because the star went out. Go read the scriptures. The Bible says when they got to Jerusalem, the star went out. It quit shining. And oh, hallelujah. 
Here's these, here's these heathens, these Gentiles, and they begin to run up and down the streets of Jerusalem crying out, where is he born, king of the Jews? Where is he at? Where is this Messiah? Where is, where is this new king born? His very test. Do you realize that they became the light? They literally became the light. Listen, here God sends them right to the most holy place on earth, to the most spiritual people that's supposed to be on earth, the ones that were supposed to know God, the ones that were supposed to understand the moving of the Spirit. And I hear a prophet of God say that you can take Baptists, Methodists, Pentecostals, all these denominations, they don't know more, know more about God than a rabbit knows about snowshoes. They don't understand the moving of the Spirit. And God leads these men right down before all these righteous, holy, godly men, so to speak. Years of traditions. Years of preaching. Years of uh, proclaiming the Old Testament, the gospel. And here come some heathens running up and down the street saying, Where is he born? King of the Jews. Where is he born? King of the Jews, let me tell you something. You ever start, you ever walk in the light, your life will change. Your testimony will change. You'll have such a, you'll have such a craving, such a hunger. You'll have such a desire to find the reality of Christ. Not just, listen, oh, listen. Let me tell you something this morning, church. I don't know if you're sitting here or if you're online, but if all you're reading is a dead letter and it hasn't quickened in your heart, this is the morning. This is the day. Don't just stay there. Don't, don't remain stuck in a church age, but rather rise into the light and shine for the glory of God. Hallelujah. What an hour. I love it. These wise men. I tell you, it takes a wise man to follow Christ. It takes a wise man to follow Christ. With him leading, they begin to run up and down the, the streets, riding in all of their splendor and all of their glory, proclaiming, where is he born, king of the Jews? Where is the man we're looking? Where is the manifestation of the word that we read? That's what they wanted to know. Where's the manifestation of the word that we've been reading, of, 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 of the writings of Isaiah and of the writings of Balaam's? Where is this manifestation? And the Bible says that it troubled those holy people. It troubled that city called Jerusalem. It troubled Herod. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? God is doing something. What are you talking about? There's a change in dispensation. What are you talking about? Where are you at? It troubled him. It troubled Herod because it troubled him as far as his position was concerned. He was a king, and to think another king is going to come and take my position, it bothered him. It bothered him so much he went to the priest and said, listen, I might not understand what that holy writ is, but where is it written? I want to know. Where is this man supposed to be born? It troubled him so much that they began, listen, church, it ought to be our own testimony, ought to be so fervent and so full of, I want to say, the love of God and so full of Christ that it, it actually, it actually uh, uh, it drives people to search and to find, what have you got? What are you talking about? Enough with just sitting on the bench being a church warmer. The world's not looking for another church. They're looking for the manifestation of the Word of God in this hour. Hallelujah. Their very testimony troubled those people, troubled the leaders. Oh, what an hour we're living in. They became the light. They became the light to that city. Absolutely. 
and their very presence there so stirred that city. Oh, God, help us this morning. Matthew chapter 5 says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. You are the light of the world, and a city set on the hill cannot be... I hope we understand what God is doing, church. No longer are we... Listen, they, were, they, were, they, were, they came from Babylon to Jerusalem. Here we are, I want to say this, we've come from, we're, we're part of New Jerusalem, but we've come from glory and we've come to Babylon. And here we are running in the streets saying, here, hey, it's not where is he born, but he has been born, he's alive, he's, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. You know, it was Daniel, when Daniel was in Babylon, he became the light to Babylon. He became the light to Babylon. Outside of that, they were in darkness. But Daniel, flesh and blood man, became the light to Babylon. Oh, Edmonton living with Edmonton mess, end time message. Now, let me just say, bride of Christ here in Edmonton. I don't care what title you want to put your name, but bride of Christ of Edmonton, rise and shine. We're in an hour. What a blessed hour we're in. Listen, there comes a time we, you, you, you know, you take a wedding. Here's Valentine's Day. You take a wedding, and, 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 and when we all look forward to them, they're, they're precious. But, but who is the focal point in the wedding? It's not the ushers at the door. It's not the ones that sit you in your seats. It's not the best men that come and, and stand 12 on this side and 12 on that side. It's not... It's literally the moment that the bride, here, here stands the groom in all of his splendor, and he's under anticipation for one thing, for the bride to walk through that door and to walk towards him, to arise and shine. She is what's shining in that whole audience. Is her, their eyes are on her. She's the glory. Hallelujah. As she stands and takes his name, what a precious moment and what an hour we're living in where a little bride has stood and taken his name and become the very glory of God expressed. Yeah. Hallelujah. Listen, David. David was the light to Israel. David, this mighty king, this royal king, this God-called man was the light to Israel. Listen, the scripture says there was a time when they were going to go to war and, and David had already gotten older and, and maybe wasn't what he used to be. How well we know this. He hadn't gotten, a, he maybe wasn't what he used to be as far as, as his strength was concerned. But look at the love of his men that stood around him. Look at the respect that they had given him. He was ready to go to war with them, Brother Ed. And as, they be, as, he, as he garnished himself up and got himself ready, his men said, oh no, you don't. No, you don't. Not this time. You're not going with us. Here's his own men telling him, you're not going with us because we don't want the light of Israel to be put out. David, a man, a God-called man. Oh, hallelujah. God's got flesh that's light. These beings are light. Hallelujah. John was the voice of one crying in the wilderness, and Jesus spoke about John. He said, you rejoiced in his light for a little while, but now a greater light has come. 
We rejoiced in the, I want to say we rejoiced in the, in the light of the messenger coming and, and the glory of, of what came with the messenger coming. But listen, it wasn't just coming out of the church ages that we rejoiced about, but when he got to Revelations chapter 4, we stepped into another dimension, and now we're rejoicing in the light. The same God, Revelations 10.1, that stepped from glory down to earth, set forth a new light. Not for the church ages, not for the world out there, but for a little elect lady. Ye are the light of the world. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm so thankful this morning. Hallelujah. Isaiah Isaiah was the light of his age. He began to cry forth. He says, the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. What was he talking about? He was talking about a light that was coming. A light that was coming. Isn't it wonderful? A light that was coming. I think what it is, what a disappointment it is to, to, uh, to, to, to these wise men that were, were traveling from the Far East. They were coming, trying to, trying to find the manifestation of the Word. And I think what a disappointment for them to get to that spot. Let me say this this morning with all uh, sincerity and with all respect and with all godly love. What a disappointment for them to come. I hope we can't say that about our message churches. Oh, I hope we can't say that about our message church is the place that God should be at, the place he should be dwelling in, the place that should be giving him glory and honor. I hope that the, that the visitors outside, those that are looking for God, those that are searching for Christ, can't come to our church and say, where is he at, where is he at, and you can't bring him there? Oh, let me bring this home this morning as the sons of God this morning, as those that have been, have, have, have been under the umbrella of Malachi 4 of Revelations 10. How are you bringing, well, what do you do when a sinner asks you, what does it take for me to be saved? Yeah. Oh, you're going to say, why don't you just come to my church? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. They might be saved whether they come to your church or they don't. That's not the answer they're looking for, church. Just come to my church. We might as well just say, well, if you just put your name on our book. God's not there anymore, Brother Ed. He's not dwelling in in some formal man-made creed, but he wants you to take him where? Right back to the light of the world. Right back to the light of the world. Repent and be baptized, and you shall receive the light of the world. Hallelujah, then you can walk in the light as he is the light. Hallelujah. What an hour. Oh God, may our little little assemblies be so on fire for the kingdom of God. May our lights not be smutted up like they, sometimes we find ourselves like the children of Israel out in the wilderness and and our lamps get smutted up. Smut it up. Let me tell you, you know, you, you know oh, I don't know why this is coming this way, but it's going to. I'm going to just say it anyhow. You know how it was in, in the wilderness, in the tabernacle in the wilderness? They had their little lights there, not in the outer court, but, but in the inner court where you, where you go and you finally have been washed by the water of the word and you made your sacrifice and there you stand as sanctified. But even in your sanctified life, that little light that the priests were they're supposed to keep those lambs trimmed and keep them clean and keep them burning bright, even in your little sanctified life, do you know what? The lamp can still get dim. You just, let, you just hang out. You just forget to nurse it one week. 
you just forget to pray for a while. You, you, you just get too busy to pray for a while. You just get too busy. I don't want to say this shame on us, but get too busy and spend your time in front of your little computer and, and spend your time on your little phone and, and all the things that, trend, that, that keep you occupied and keep your mind occupied. You just spend time and your lamp is going to get so smutty. It's going to get so dark. You tell me, how are you ever going to be the, the light of the world? How are you going to be the light of the world when your light looks like that? Somebody's got to be right there. You've got to be nearsighted, staring right at it to get what? What a shame. I hear, I hear message people sometimes talking, and I hear some of the slang they use, and, and it's just letters, Brother Ed. Letters off of what you would hear some vile sinner use. Should never even be spoken out of our mouths. But we claim that we are the light. You see some people, their tempers break loose and, and the way they act and the way they carry on, but we're the light. But the sinner looking out there is not looking at that light and saying, I want that light. He's like, whoa, I don't think I really want to have what you got. Shame on us. Why don't you come on in behind the inner veil? Why don't you want to come on in behind the inner veil where the blood has already been laid, where it can change this vile body, take this very nature and change it completely? Excuse me. So thankful this morning. What a place for those wise men to end up. Jerusalem and the churches of that day had nothing to offer them. Nothing. So they went to Bethlehem. So they went to Bethlehem to find the manifestation of the Word of God. Let me tell you something, church. I don't know what's going on in the world today as far as life is concerned and all the rest of the churches are concerned, but you and I all know men and women that shared this very glory, the glory of this gospel together. The ones that have seen this and have turned their back and walked away. Can you tell me really that they became the light? Listen, the light is eternal. A light is not. A man-made revelation will surely fail. But when God drops it in your heart, it's there to stay. And all hell can break loose. Everything that Satan's got, he'll throw at you. But that revelation cannot leave. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm so thankful this morning. Amen. John chapter 8 says, speaking of Jesus, said, I am the light of the world. And he who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of the world. He who follows me. Oh, church, let's not, let's not let him get ahead of us, and let's not get ahead of him. You know, I, I think maybe it was, was it last time I was here, somebody was telling me about a Amazon or something like that where they actually have a little, now there's a little circle around you. If you, if you work there, they say there's like a little circle, a little barrier, a light circle that goes around you, and you're, you're not supposed to bump into the other person's circle that works there, and they're not supposed to bump into your circle. You see what Satan's trying to do? You're supposed to wear a mask. You're supposed to social distance. Listen, I think, I, I, I don't know about you, but if, if you've ever raised animals, if, if, you know what? When sheep need to, when it's cold, they huddle together. 
They huddle together. You ever see cows and the flies are bothering them? They're standing there and their tails are whacking at each other. We're a body of Christ. We're a body of Christ. Oh, oh, but don't shake hands. Such a bunch of nonsense. I'm sorry. I want to say forgive me, but I'm not sorry enough to ask you to forgive me. I'm sorry if it steps on your toes a little bit. Listen, we got a little, give them a little wave, and I know we got to do this while we're here, Brother Ed, but I'm going home, and you've got to deal with the mess when, I go, when I'm gone. But supposed to give a little social wave. That's what Satan would like. Yeah, that's it. yeah, you just keep your distance from Father. Just give him a little wave. That's not what God wants at all. He wants you to come right up close. He wants to pull you up into his bosom. He wants the breath of God to breathe all over you. He wants the fire of God to get upon you. Listen, we've already been inoculated, church. We got nothing to fear. We're not living it. Do you realize that in the last part of the scriptures, I think it's Revelations 21 or 22, it says, to the fearful, to the abominable, to the, to the whoremonger, to the fearful is put right in there with all the rest of those vile things. What are we afraid of? Nothing. Nothing. You think we're, they think we're crazy. I'm not, listen, I know that COVID's a something, but I'm not afraid of COVID. If God's got a chariot that says COVID and he's sending it to get me, then so be it. I want to go home. But he might have a chariot called heart attack. He might have a chariot called uh, diabetes. He might have a chariot called the flu. He might have all sorts of chariots. But there's one chariot I'm looking for, and that's to be called up in the moment, in the twinkle of my eye. I'm not af- we're not afraid of COVID. All the nonsense that Satan is trying to pull over. How is it, Brother Ed, how is it that people become so blind? I am the light of the world. What's the light? The Word is the light. Let's just jump over to the book of Revelations. I hear a prophet of God say, pray for revelation more than anything in the world. What's a revelation? It's to open up the scriptures and to recognize what Satan is doing and what God is doing. And it only comes when a messenger has come and give the light. Listen, we're not blind, church. We're not, we're not walking in darkness anymore. We are walking in light and we're watching the absolute unfolding of what Revelations 13, Revelation 17, we're watching it unfold before our eyes. And this morning we are under great anticipation. Oh, they might lock up the doors. They might take away the pulpit, Brother Ed. But greater is he that's in you. You're not going to stop walking because they locked your doors. You're not going to stop testifying because they shut us. Listen, we get so so fearful and so, oh, no, now what? We got brothers and sisters in China and Japan and some of these countries that are so communist that literally put their lives on the line every Sunday to go to church. But not us. No, we live in Canada, so we'll just stay home. It's better this way. We wouldn't want to, we wouldn't want to draw a reproach. Excuse me, I, I, I'll go back to Saskatchewan when, I, when I'm done. Oh, God. I'm sorry, but I get so frustrated by some of the things I know. No, you know what? I just say that in one mouthful, but I'm not. I'm rejoicing on the other side. Because it has to happen. There has to be a time come where they control what you do. But one thing, they, I like what you said this morning, Brother Ed. You might, there might be a barrier here and there might be a barrier there, but nobody's stopping us from going up. Isn't that the very call of the Spirit in the last age? Come up a little higher. Can I say that this morning, wherever you're at this morning? Come up a little higher. 
Maybe you're bogged down. Maybe you're afraid. Maybe I'll tell you what. The reason you're afraid. Oh, why am I on this? If you're afraid of COVID this morning, to you here, to you online, the reason you're afraid of it is because you have spent your time listening to the news of this age. I'll tell you what, there is no good news out there. The only good news you're ever going to find is right here. And this news proclaims you that you've all, there's been a blood atonement. You're standing perfect in my sight. There's nothing I won't do for you. There's no place I won't leave. I am your protection. I am, I am your shelter in the time of storm. I am your light in darkness. Listen, church, we're living in a wonderful hour. What a great, you talk about a Valentine's Day. You talk about a love relationship. I'll tell you what, you talk about a good daddy. A good daddy wants to protect their children from everything. Anything that would be contrary, anything that would hurt, anything that would destroy, a good daddy is trying, he's there to try and protect his children from that. And we got a father that loves us so much that he's already got us protected. He's put a word boundary around Satan and you cannot touch them. Matter of fact, the scripture said, hurt not the oil and the wine. What is it? It's a stimulation of revelation. It's the light that shines that keeps you and I rejoicing in our hearts this morning. Oh my, I'm way ahead. Matthew chapter 4, listen, Jesus says this, first of all, I am the light of the world, and he who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The light of life, not just the sunlight, but the light of life. Matthew chapter 4 says this, speaking of Jesus coming, he says, in the land of Zebulon, the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people which sat in darkness saw great light. Oh, hallelujah. I I don't believe this was just talking for some 2,000 years ago. But there's been a light that has shone in this age that has been so bright, that has been such a shining that only, only the elect have been able to see it. Listen, church, we who once sat in darkness... We who were once aliens towards God, we who once had no desire, we thought to serve God, somehow the Father reached down, shined His light upon us, and it drew us into His presence. Hallelujah. The people which sat in darkness saw great light, and to them which sat in the region in the shadow of death, light is sprung up. And can I just stop here for a minute? Brother Harold, you forgive me for this this morning, but I was looking at that big plaque in your office And I begin to just admire it about what the work that you've done. And listen, there was a great and shining light that went to Africa. What's it been, 30 years, brother, 40 years? Somewhere's in there. A great and shining light has went to Africa. And it took a man. It took a man to bring it there. Hallelujah. Listen, I know God is, is, I know God created the sun. I know God created, but this light is a different light, church. This is the light of man. This is the life of God. And the only way to get it is when God himself sends you forth. Is when God himself begins to manifest it. Here's a little man that God put such a burden on his heart. From where? From the middle of nowhere. Alberta, Edmonton, Alberta, Saskatchewan. Better than that, Saskatchewan itself. I better get that in there real quick. Listen, in the middle of nowhere, but God. 
Listen, you weren't looking for him, Brother Harold. You, you didn't have your eyes searching for him. He came looking for you. The light shined on you. It drew you up into heavenly places and created such a fire in your bosom. You had such a burden for the souls of man. Where did you go? You crossed the seas. You crossed the world. To do what? To light a fire over there that would go from one to the other to the other to the other until you got people sitting here 30 years later from Africa because of your ministry. Thy word is a light unto my path. Oh, God, let us be that kind of light this morning. We see a little old brother that's put in his time, that that, that God has used him for his own glory, and and the half is not going to be told in this world till he gets over there, and one by one they're going to go, if you hadn't gone, I wouldn't be here. If you hadn't come, I wouldn't be here. If you hadn't come, my grandpa wouldn't have heard the gospel. If you hadn't come, one by one, I don't know how long it's going to take, Brother Harold, but one by one they're going to come by and say, if it wasn't for you, what was it? It was that great and shining light that went to Africa. I realize it's not a man. I'm not patting the man on the back. I'm talking about the God that was in the man. Hallelujah. The word going forth. The people which sat in darkness saw great light. And to them which sat in the region in the shadow of death, light has sprung up. Who's that? That's us. Sat in the shadow of death. Oh my, what time is it? Where am I? Or where are we at here? All right. Sat in the shadow of death. Light has sprung up. We say, well, Brother Dwayne, that, that, that's speaking to, to them back in Jesus' day. That's speaking to those Gentiles back there. Uh, let, me just, let me just stop here for a minute. What was the last horse rider that rode? Pale horse. And his name was called? Death. Would you mind to tell me when he rode? When he's riding? We're living in the shadow of that rider. As far as the age is concerned, I'm not talking about us personally being raised up in heavenly places. I'm talking about this age is riding in the shadow of that being called death. And just look around what it's accomplishing. And if, it's, if you're not careful, you'll let him rule your life. You'll let him rule your life by fear, by misunderstanding, by things that have gone wrong. You'll let him have the preeminence in your life. But the scripture says, great light had come to them which sat in the region and the shadow of death. Light has sprung up. What kind of light? The light of the word. The light of the word. God was expressing himself. God began to reveal himself. Listen, here we have a little prophet of God come and God begins to open up his very mind and express it to us and takes us right through the church ages. And then he stops and says, but come up a little higher. John says, after these things, after the Holy Spirit had caught him and and shown him everything that was supposed to, remember John was a type of the bride. What was the Holy Spirit going to do in the last age? He was going to show the bride his whole picture. John being a type of the bride, takes him and shows him all the church ages, then he stops, here we are, and then the breach, and then all of a sudden he begins to unveil to him what God has been doing, and he peels back the seals. True? True. And then he shows him Revelations chapter 8, and there was silence 
in heaven for the space of half an hour. Church, great light has come. Great light has come. Listen, it's always been God's purpose to separate the light from the darkness. His very purpose in the beginning when he said, let there be light, it was to separate the light from the darkness. That's what his word has come to do. That's why the preaching, that's why the laboring, that's, that's why the zeal of these young men and these young, that's why the zeal of God must continue on. It's to separate the light from the darkness. All right. But if Jesus was the light, then surely there must be more light. Surely there must be more light. Acts chapter 26. Jesus speaking says to open their eyes, verse 18, to open their eyes so that they might turn. I want us to notice it. He says to open their eyes. That's plural. I'm so thankful that it's written this way, to open their eyes. That doesn't mean it just stopped in the first church age or the second church age or the third or the fourth or the fifth, but even into the seventh church age when God was about done everything. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. From the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith, that by faith that is in me. Hallelujah. John 8:12 says, I am the light of the world, and he who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Hallelujah. You love them this morning? Listen, we'll walk in the light, the beautiful light. Walk where the dewdrops of mercy are bright. Shine all around us by day and by night. Jesus, the light of the world. Go ahead and give me a key, sis. Come all ye saints of light, proclaim Jesus, the light of the world. There's life and mercy in his name. Jesus, the light of the world. Oh, we'll walk in the light, beautiful light. Walk where the dewdrops of mercy are bright. Shine all around us by day. Don't you love them, church? Listen, I want I, I want to I want to drop the scripture in here while we're still we're still just finishing up. I want to drop the scripture in out of Zechariah chapter fourteen. The scripture says, "In and it shall come to pass in that day." Here's Zechariah. I mean, we're talking maybe two thousand plus years ago. Maybe even 3,000 years ago. No, 2,000. It shall come to pass in that day 
that the light shall not be clear nor dark. What's he talking about? He's, talk, he's not talking about the sun out there. It stayed the same. He wasn't talking about the moon out there. It stayed the same. But he was talking about the word that was being preached. It was no longer real. It was no longer alive. It, it was so uh, infiltrated with Satan's dogmas and with, Satan, with man-made idea and with tradition. And, and it simply had taken all the power out of the church. There's no way that the church could go any higher. It was, it was groping in darkness. But Zechariah makes a proclamation, but it shall be one day which shall be known to the Lord. Not day, nor night, but it shall come to pass. Oh, I love that. It shall come to pass. Where are we at right now, Brother Ed? We are living right now in this day. It shall come to pass that at the evening time it shall be light. And many of you, sirs, men, some of you sitting here this morning were actually there at that time, in the evening time, when the evening light began to arise, when the star began to shine again. You were there then. And it made your heart rejoice. It, it, it thrilled your being. It set you afire. It, it, it absolutely made you a consuming fire wherever you went. The revelation, the reality that the very word that was spoken had become a manifestation. Hallelujah. But let me go on just a little further for over in Isaiah. Chapter 60, it says this. Arise and shine for thy light. Listen, I wasn't here maybe in my grandpa's day, but the scripture says, arise. Get off your chair. Rise up. Rise up from where you're at. Arise. And it doesn't say, and just stay there. But arise and shine. For thy light has come. Which light? The word light, the rapture light, this message that God has given us that's changing us from mortality to immortality as we're sitting here. Listen, we realize rapture is not a moment just like that. Rapture is a process. And as you're sitting here, you're being caught up into heavenly places in Christ. Why? You're walking in the light. You're walking in the light. You're feeding on the S-O-N light. Hallelujah. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon thee, for behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee. I don't know who you think he's talking to, church, but I'm right here this morning. That's me. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. Can I rewrite this a little bit? Modern, uh, I want to say the, the new and living translated edition. For behold, the dark, gross darkness upon the people, but the Lord shall arise upon me. I heard a prophet of God say, when you read that book, you put your name in it. And the Lord shall arise upon me, and his glory shall be seen upon me. This is part of the word for me. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and the kings to the brightness of thy rising. Hallelujah. And I hear the word of God make, make a proclamation that you are kings and priests, a royal priesthood, a chosen nation unto God himself. Arise and shine, end time message tabernacle. Listen, we might be living in what's called a pandemic right now, whatever you want to call it. 
Everybody's running scared. Everybody's running fearful. There is darkness upon the world like it has never been right now. What an opportunity to arise and shine. What an opportunity to go forth in the power of the name of Jesus Christ. What an opportunity to let your light pour over onto the ones that are around you. What an opportunity to give voice to the one that's come in this age. You realize that you are the final voice to the final age this morning? What an opportunity. What kind of light is shining right now, church? What kind of light is shining here in Edmonton this morning? What kind of light is your life shining forth? Oh, I hope to God that the wick is trimmed and I hope your lamp is clear. I hope that it's bright and shining, that everybody around you recognizes that you are not a Baptist, that you're not a Pentecostal, that you're not a quote-unquote message believer, but that you are a son of God that's walking in the power of God with the manifestation of God, that actually when you, when the, when you begin to speak that something transpires, it begins to draw them. Listen, I, if you'll just give them the word, church the word will quicken give them the word God what are we we are brother I'm called you messiahs to the last age the light if the messiah was the light Jesus said I am the light then there has to be more lights if we're still in the hour that we're living in right now we'll walk in the light the beautiful light let it shine all around us by day and by night hallelujah we'll walk in the light it's a beautiful light we'll walk where the dew drops of mercy are bright so shine on isn't that your desire this morning by day and by Hallelujah. Let's go back to the first verse again. Thank you, sister. And all ye saints, let's stand together. Of light, proclaim what? That he's still Hebrews 13 8. The light of the testimony this morning. We walk in the light. Such a kind of light is it church it's not the sunlight as far as the S-U-N you know we got a lot of man made lights brother Ed you could take your hands and I don't know if those are LEDs or not but you could probably put them on there and it would be warm but then man came up with a greater light an LED light 
so much more efficient, brother. It gives a much brighter light. But go put your hands on it one time. It's cold. Throws off no heat. What a great achievement. But let me tell you something. The light of God, the one that God made, the S-U-N light, throws off heat. That heat draws. It comforts. It actually produces something. The very light of this world, of this word, pardon me, produces a heat too. It's called love. It's such a fervent heat. It draws men. It draws the sick. It draws the weary. It draws the lame. It draws the one that's the harlot on the street. It draws the drunkard. It draws the beggar. It draws those that are backslidden. What is it? It's the love of God. If all you've got is a man-made creed this morning, if you're still living in the law, it'll be cold. It will draw no one. But get the love of God in our lives. Amen. It'll draw the world unto Him. God bless you, saints. How great is our God. How great is His Word. How great How great is His Word He's the greatest one That ever was heard He rolled back the
if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanses us from all sin it takes away fear from you it gives you eyes to see it allows you to walk in the midst of Babylon in a way that other people cannot walk you know that the every time I look at one of our health officers, whether it's the provincial one or some other province or our national one, they all have a frown on their face. They're all talking about how we've got to do this and this. I don't see no relief. They see no way out. They're just trying to guess. They actually can't see what you and I can see. It's not a mask that's going to protect you. It might help you a little bit. It's not going to be such and such. But there's one thing that will help you. The blood of Jesus Christ will help you. It will save you. It will give you a sane mind when everybody is losing their mind. There's a light in the world today. It's not a light that was just in a messenger. It has gone from a prophet to a prophecy to a manifestation living in the hearts of people right now. A direct quote from the message. The word manifested is the light of the hour. The darkness you see in the world, it's actually manifested. But the light that we have received is also manifested. I love the, the way the Lord led our brother Dwayne today. And he talked about those men. They were watching something up there. And it led them right into Jerusalem. And when they came into Jerusalem, the most religious place, that light went out. They no longer saw that light. And they went to the religious leaders. The religious leaders didn't have the light. But they said, where is he? And they, had, they were the only ones that had the light. Where was the light? It was in them. Where is the light today? It is in you today. Where is the light? It's around you. When you walk in it, it shines something around you. It affects things around you. Friends, it is not us holding the message under us or in us, but it actually is a part of us. And it shines, and it, it, it brings strength to you. Oh, there's times it gets awfully dark. It gets dark all around you. It was Peter who was in the Bible, and he was in a prison. And he was in a prison, and he couldn't get out. But somewhere in another place, there was a God that had walked on the earth, but now he was walking in a people. And there was a people that were praying. They gathered together. And as a result of those prayers, here's Peter in a dark prison, but all of a sudden there's a light around him. And you know what happened when the light came? The chains fell off of him. 
And when the chains fell off of him, the doors opened off of him. That same God is here today again. He's not far off today, but he's here today. And whatever darkness, whatever Satan is trying to put on you, we are a people that are sitting in, just like Matthew chapter 4, the people that were in the region in the shadow of death and in darkness, but a light came to them. There's a people in Laodicea, a light came to them. And they are the manifestation of that light because they've received it. It was Jesus walking in the midst of the seven candlesticks. But it's Jesus walking in a bride now. I watched when Brother Dwayne talked about the wedding and the bride and the bridegroom. And, and I said, the moment that the groom sees the bride. And I saw Brother Kevin Henneke raise his hands. We need to pray for our brother that his bride can be here. We're remembering you, Brother Kevin. We are his light. If Satan's come to you this morning, and you're sometimes, you know, the world is looking for a solution, a vaccine, or something. We, we ourselves, we look to outside sources. We look, so-and-so will help us. And, you know, the, the, the world economies are going to need a Messiah. They're going to need a Superman. He's there. But our Messiah is here too. He's in us right now. You don't need to look to outside sources. What you have received. Oh my. It, I, I, don't, I don't need to preach, but I, I'll just say what's on my heart for a moment here. We've had stirrings. And Brother Brandon would actually say, we, we've, but not real stirrings. We've had manifestations, we've had arrivals, but the bride has not had a revival. He said, it will take those seven unknown thunders to wake her up. We're looking for that, he would say. Friends, that's where the revival is. That's where the light is right now. You don't have to wait out there. It's in you. And you can speak it, and you can say it, and you can change things, and you can change your home and your situations. It is in you right now. It is bigger than you know it is. And I'll say this, start to walk in that. You might not see darkness as you step forward, but it'll be enough light to keep going. And it'll keep walking with you. And it will take you through. If you're in darkness this morning, that same God is here. Listen, I'm just thinking, I can't think of the words, but some midnight hour, the song. As we close the service this morning, think about what Peter was in. Think about where you're in. But think about what you have received. Amen. Can we sing this? In with bleeding stars.